Hi friends, this is Connie Alpers and I want to welcome you back to Equipped to Be, where I get to help you embrace and navigate the seasons of life so you can reach your personal family and parenting goals. We at Equipped to Be want you to understand how God has given you unique gifts, strengths, and talents so that you can live in all seasons with confidence and joy. Whether you're cooking dinner, holding laundry, or maybe just enjoying some time alone. I hope you enjoy this episode of Equipped to Be. Welcome to Equipped to Be. I've been doing a series on the strengths, strengths assessment uh, by the Gallup Institute. And the purpose of this whole series has been to help you better understand how God has created you with unique gifts, strengths, and talents. To also help you understand uh, the, the gifts, strengths, and talents that God has given to your children and how they will manifest those and how you can speak in a way that they can hear so that you can enjoy a closer relationship and have deeper, more fulfilling conversations. Now, this is part three. I want to dive a little deeper and talk more about understanding uh, your strengths. Many of you, if you have not listened to strengths one and two, you'll certainly want to go back and listen to those because although they are freestanding, there is a bit of I would say backstory that I would like for you to understand, uh, like how to do it if you haven't, because some of you are new. I also want to thank you for all the amazing feedback that I have been given. It is helping. I want to know if this is helpful and not confusing. It is rather difficult. I'm used to giving uh, my strengths uh, talks uh, in, in person or via video. And it usually lasts for hours, not just uh, a 30-minute uh, podcast. So I am finding this uh, a bit fun because, one, I want to go into a lot of depth, and unfortunately I can't, or I would be talking just about this until I die. And I don't think you want that because we have other things to talk about as well. But this is part three of our Knowing Your Strengths series. I want you to just get very comfortable with your strengths, and I also want you to get to very comfortable with your weaknesses so that your weaknesses don't beat you down and you have a proper view of who you are and how God's made you to be. You know, oftentimes we spend way too much time focused on our weaknesses, trying to make them better, as if we're going to somehow make our weaknesses a strength. And what I love about the Clifton Strengths is this is not about good strengths versus bad strengths. No. The whole purpose of what Donald Clifton and the Strengths Assessment, all the books, Now Discover Your Strengths, the Strength Finders 2.0, Strengths-Based Leadership, there's just some very good books out in the market, some great teaching out of the Gallup organization to help explain, and for those of you who want to go deeper, uh, which is what I did. I wanted to be able to coach others, and I had already just been studying the strengths as well as others for a long time. And I just wanted to be able to go go a lot deeper uh, with you and kind of help you as you are navigating the seasons of life, whatever season you are in. I want you to understand something. You're never going to be excellent at everything. Now, for some of you, this is going to be hard because you're perfectionistic you're driven. I mean, there's just like an internal drive toward excellence, excellence in everything you do. Well, that is great. That is a great character quality. And actually, um, when I had Larry Loftus on the program and we talked about how he became this four-time New York Times bestselling author, his driving component was just striving for excellence. That is a character quality. 
and that's a biblical character quality. We should be striving for excellence. However, you also have to have talent, and you have to hone that talent, and you have to add skill and knowledge to that talent. And when you do, then that talent then becomes a true strength. You become a standout. You become excellent. You become trusted. You become respected as the leader in whatever that specific thing that you're doing is. A great example would be Michael Phelps. Um, he, that's not a strength, but he had a talent, right? He had a talent that he added skill and knowledge to. I'm, talking, I'm not talking about his personal life. I'm just talking about his sheer ability to swim and win. I think he's still the top-rated Olympic medalist. He wasn't trying to win a gold medal in tennis and swimming and soccer. Nope. He was in the pool swimming. For some of you, you're trying to play tennis, you're trying to play soccer, and you're trying to swim. For some of you, you've got your feet all over the place. You're running here and you're running there. And part of it could be because you're not really sure where you're supposed to hunker down and excel. But I'm going to tell you right now, you will not be perfect at everything. You're not going to excel at everything. And that is, that is what I want you to kind of take away from all of our time together. Because Clifton Strengths is not about focusing on your weaknesses and trying to make them better. The concept is for you to hone your gifts, your strengths, and talents. So you become excellent in the talents that God has given you. That's the purpose. Develop your strengths, strengthen them, and then manage your weaknesses. And I remember saying in part one of our series, Knowing Your Strengths, it's in our weaknesses that God's strength is made known. God made you. You weren't in the wrong line. You didn't get the wrong strengths. You didn't, you didn't miss out on something. No, God's going to show up in your weaknesses to help you accomplish whatever it is he's called for you to do. I want you to remember in Mark 13, Jesus appointed 12, whom he also named apostles, so that they might be with him and he might send them out to preach. This is what I want you to hear. Those 12 apostles that Jesus appointed, they were not all the same people. They didn't all have the same personality type. They didn't have all the same Enneagram number type. They didn't have all the same uh, Myers-Briggs results. They weren't all uh, the same. They were all different. But they were ordinary people. They were living ordinary lives. But God asked them to do extraordinary work. And that's you. And I want you to hear this. Jesus uses people, ordinary people, living ordinary lives, And then he calls them and says, I want you to do something extraordinary. You will influence and teach others using various means. And you'll do it on purpose. And you will do it to get results. Because you are custom crafted, tailor made. This makes Everyone listening, whether you're in New Zealand or you're in the UK or you're in India, 
or you're in California, you are custom crafted, tailor made. You are a unique design. And you, you, my friend, you are formed and fashioned by our Creator. <laughs> You're a one of a kind divine design. But how do we develop those talents? Well, I think this is important for you to know. From the age, from birth to three years old, uh, most, most kids are very are highly flexible and active. So trying to make any kind of assessment on those ages is not appropriate. I mean, it, it's just not. I, you can have a child who's easygoing. Great. You have a child that's easygoing. That's a good temperament to have, right? You may have a child who's constantly wanting you to spend time with them. Okay, that's great. But that isn't going to help with assessments on the strengths or those uh, the other type of personality things. That's that's just kind of if that's where you're if you have children in that that fall in that age range. No, just kind of just become a student of them. But that's you need to understand the talents developed, and and they're very highly flexible at that time. From three to fifteen years old, it's the pruning process. What do we know about kids through that age? They need character development. They need instruction. They need training so that they learn what is right and wrong, what is good and evil. So they learn how to interact and engage and process the world around them. There's a lot of pruning. A lot of no, you can't do that. No, I said no. And it's like, oh, yes, let's do this. So there's there's a lot of pruning involved. But then, so that's 3 to 15 years old. Then 15 years and up, that's when they get more of a structured network. That's when you really are able to start adding the talent and knowledge and skill to help them strengthen that strength so that they can step into the next season of life with full confidence. Now, no one's really going to know if you're using your talent to the optimally. You know why? Because they don't know what's going on inside of you. And you really don't know that with your kids as well. Parents often ask me, because I write about this in Parenting Beyond the Rules, how did I know? Well, I'm going to give you an example with two of my kids of how I was able to start identifying talent within my children when they were young. And that was... I remember the day uh, my daughter had called me. I was in the kitchen, and I heard this uh, squeal from my daughter for me to come running. She wanted me to see something in her room. And I came running, and I looked, and she said, Mom, look at my masterpiece. Well, that masterpiece was created by a newly purchased box of crayons that I had bought for her. And she had decided to create a masterpiece on the beautiful white wall in her bedroom. And of course, a black crayon was definitely used because you do have to outline things. Well, parents, when I tell that story, I think I wrote about it. But when I tell that story, uh, if you have a creative type, you, you're sitting there nodding your, your head going, oh, my goodness, I'm glad my, God, my child's not the only one who has, who has colored on the carpet or the walls or, you know, everywhere, the car, the car seats. No, I knew that my daughter had a propensity for for creativity. She truly had this artistic, uh, creative flair about her. Now, I will say, as Pablo Picasso has said, every child is born an artist. The, the challenge is to keep them 
artistic to keep them creative throughout their childhood. And so often this educational system drives that out of our kids because they don't have time to create. There's not even time to think. Everything has to be inside the box. Well, I noticed this about my my daughter early on. And so when she wanted to show me the masterpiece, I had a split second to make a decision. And you do too. Do I correct her and say, hey, you know, we don't color on the walls. Young lady, we're going to clean that up. No. Or I did this next thing. And that was I looked at her. I smiled. And I said, tell me about your masterpiece. And she happily joyfully told me about her masterpiece. Now, here's the second part, because parents are thinking, oh my goodness, I could never do that. I would lose it. Well, I'm not saying I was happy, but I did do something else. And that was very strategic on my part. And I said, hey, sweetie, that's great. Why don't you come to the kitchen and help mommy finish what she's doing? Okay, now just note what I did. I, I did cut the creative juices so that there wouldn't be any more masterpieces on the wall that evening. But you know what I did do? I got some craft paper after I cleaned off the original masterpiece and I taped it to the walls and I called her to her room and I said, hey, come here, I want to show you something. And guess what she thought? She probably thought I did a masterpiece, which if you know me, I'm not, uh, I do not have that flair for coloring or, cre- or creating anything like that. And so she comes running in the room thinking I'm going to talk to her about her, my new masterpiece. <laughs> I said, I pointed to the wall and I said, here, now you can create your next masterpiece. But sweetie, keep it on this. And it was a big old piece of paper. Um, I think I double layered it and everything. Keep it on this paper, not on the other walls, just right here. But Create some more masterpieces. And when you're finished, we're going to save them. Do you have kids like that? Do you have kids that are artistic? Are you more of an artistic creation? I have another child who is very science math driven. Not that she isn't. Okay. So remember, I said there are no good or bad, right? God has made each child, made you, your spouse, your friends, all different with different wiring, different uh, passions and interest levels. But I noticed that this, uh, my other child had this uh, uncanny ability, very much of a natural learner, and could just do these math problems in his head. And he could take the Lego set that I would purchase and forget the instructions, he could just create it. And I noticed that about him. Now, why does this matter? I'm giving you two very, very practical examples. One, because I got a peek into how my daughter thought, felt, experienced the world around her. And I saw how she could grow and develop that that strength, that talent. She needed skills. She needed practice. I bought lots of art and drawing books for her so she could learn how to draw a cat, how the the constructs of it. And man, I wish I could show you, but one of her drawings, and and I will just say this, um, she, 
I'm not going to tell you her whole story. I do write more about it in the book, and I am currently working on another project, and, and it'll be more explained in there. But people always ask me, how did you raise an artist? Uh, but that that was a defining moment because I realized that the stones that I needed to lay in the path before her needed to have how she learned, how she felt, how she thought, how she expressed herself with that in mind. Her education was very different. It was customized. Remember what I said? It it was customized. It was tailor-made because she's a custom-crafted, tailor-made creation. My other son, uh, it was a different. It was a different environment for him. I was feeding what I saw in him, and I was doing things that drew that out. I was adding skills and knowledge to what I saw. The like a little, a flower, a, a shoot, a sprout that's just kind of bursting through the dirt, and you and you're excited, and you got to give it some water and a little bit of fertilizer. Not too much. Not too much water. Not not too much fertilizer. You don't want to you don't want to forget about it uh, because you want to develop it. You want to cultivate those. You got to remember this. Dr. Harry Chungnangi is a professor of neurology from Wayne State University Medical Center. Said this: Roads with the most traffic get widened. The ones that are rarely used fall into disrepair. Now, as you've looked at those assessments, when I asked you, and I, well, I actually said to you, you never really know if you're fully developing the talents within because only you know what's in there. Same for with your children. We want to draw it out which is why we want to become a student, which is why we want to ponder, we want to think about, we want to consider, we want to write down, we want to journal the stirrings of our heart, the things that we could just spend hours doing and take note of that. See, it's it's just a fact. Everyone has strengths and talents. Everyone has strengths. Everyone has talents. And the only way to turn a talent into a strength is if you're willing to add knowledge and skill. If you're not interested in developing that talent, then you're not going to put in the effort to add the skill and the knowledge. And, and so as a parent, that's a, a puts you in a conundrum. How do you know? Well, conversation, observation, trial and error. Sometimes your children are really led in a certain way for a certain time, and then they lose interest. So let them run with things that they uh, are, are interested in, and then if they stop being interested in it, if they lose interest, okay, don't view it as you've wasted time. View it as they've still gained skills and knowledge, and that's not going to waste There's no good or bad. Honor the values and the differences that you have within the family. Honor and show value to those. Don't be afraid to customize your conversation and your instructions. See, engagement drives performance. Asking them questions. 
asking them how, asking them why. Like I asked my daughter, why did you draw that particular thing? And I will say this, my daughter did grow, uh, continued to pursue her, the creativity within her. It was constantly nurtured, and she was very much encouraged to continue. And, and now that is what, how she makes the living. She is, she is still a creative, and she is an entrepreneur, and she's done quite, quite well and done some pretty amazing things with photography and painting. That was her, those were her areas. I want you to realize that the whole strengths is, is uh, it's a common language. So I want you to start paying attention to people's words. See, the way people speak reveals their talents. You'll notice the relator. The relator can't help but relate to other people. <laughs> they just can't help it. Everything in them compels them to go strike up a conversation and relators are the people that they really do absolutely want to know how somebody else is doing. Don't discard those little things. I want you to spend time this week starting to get familiar with the 34 talents and themes. Now, I know most of you already have, and I know some of you are just tuning in for the first time. I want you to listen to exact phrases I want you to note, do they repeat those exact phrases? You'll start to notice that. Sometimes it's those exact phrases that can drive you crazy. You're like, stop saying that. Say it in a different way. But you know, they're revealing something to you. The clues are all there on how God has made you. You have to get down to the detail of words. So how do you develop the talent? adding knowledge and skills. See, your most significant area of opportunity for growth is through what you do best. It's not going to be through your weaknesses. You can't teach a talent. Some of you have asked me, so can you teach a talent? No. You either have the talent or you don't. Now, here's an example. If I were trying to paint something like my daughter paints, I could read a gazillion books. I could even hire an, a professional art instructor. I could do all of what would be needed to make that an excellent, to make me an excellent painter or photographer. But you know what? I'm never going to be that. Why? I don't, I don't have the lens that she has. I don't, I, I don't have the talent, the natural, the natural talent that she has. And that is extremely important. See, you can't teach a talent. You can develop a talent. And every animal has a purpose. Just think about this. Wherever you are, wherever you live, every animal has a purpose. They are designed to fulfill that purpose. We do not expect rabbits to swim. We don't expect elephants to climb trees. We don't expect squirrels to fly. That's not the purpose God made them for. They're not designed. Their bodies aren't designed. Fish don't swim, and I know. Okay, now here's what I know. Some of you concrete thinkers out there, you're logical, sequential. You know what you're thinking? Oh, yes, they are. I've seen flying fish. Okay, I, I always love giving that 
Because the example, the point I'm making is, a flying fish is not a bird. A bird can fly for miles. A flying fish can't. You know what else? A bird can't swim either. And you're like, oh, yes, they can. Have you ever seen a pelican go under the water for, or a duck go hunting underwater? I mean, uh, go fishing, sort of get food underwater? That's, that's not the point, is it? So there's, there's not even exceptions, right? Animals are designed to perform a certain function. And that's all they do. Now, you also don't see them going and struggling because the squirrel, the squirrel isn't a swimmer. Oh, man, I just want to be a fish. I just want to be a fish. If I just practice swimming, then I will be like the fish. No, the squirrel will never be like the fish. They're not designed for that activity. They can try and they can try hard, but they won't be successful. And that's the same for you. I want you to get comfortable. I want you to get at peace with what it is that you can do exceptionally well and soar in that. And I want you to start to learn and understand the people around you so that you can start speaking in a way that they hear what you're saying because you have the ability to see through their lens. The words that you say, they go straight to their heart. And they land in a tender place. You can't teach a talent, but you can teach skill. And you can learn knowledge. You're born with talent, and you add to talent so that that becomes a strength. It's a developmental tool. It's a path. And remember, it's how someone naturally thinks and feels and processes the world around them. A talent is not the same thing as a strength. A strength needs to have a talent, an interest, an intensity. You have to develop them. It needs an intensity for it. Oftentimes people have asked me, that same types of questions. And, and I just say, you know, you really have the wrong assumption. People think, well, all behavior can be learned. I actually thought that. I actually tried to be like my husband, who is um, an engineer. And I used to believe that whole slogan, you can be anything you want to be. If you work hard enough and you study and you, and you do all these things, you can be anything. No, you cannot. If you try hard enough, you can do it. Uh, no, not always. If you want it badly enough, you just got to really want it. Well, I've known a lot of people that have wanted some things really badly, and they've put a great deal of time and money and effort, and they can't. If you dream it, you can achieve it. Well, the dreamer is not the one that's developing it. Not always. And just because you dream it doesn't mean you can do it. See, God made each of us different. And when we know there are dreamers, there are people who come up with amazing ideas, and then they surround themselves with people that have the strengths and talents and areas that they lack to help bring that whole thing together to light 
to be. Another false assumption is the best in a role all get there the same way. If you fix your weaknesses, it'll lead to success. No, it won't. Because you don't fix a weakness. You can manage a weakness. You can improve a, a weakness. But you don't fix it. Now, there's character qualities that you can fix. If you're not an honest person and you lie a lot, you can fix that. Now, some people would say, well, that's a weakness. Um, that is a character defect. That is a character flaw. And, and we can talk about that in another episode, just the difference between character and strengths. But I'm specifically talking about strength finders as it relates to strengths and weaknesses, meaning the ability to perform, to think, to act, experience the world around them in a consistent, near-perfect basis. There is a difference between talent, skills, and knowledge. Some behaviors can be learned, but many are just nearly impossible. And the best in the role delivers the same outcomes, but they may use different behaviors to do that. Weakness fixing, this isn't a bad assumption. Weakness fixing prevents failures. Nope. Strengths building leads to success. And I'm not defining success based on your power, your position, your prestige. Everybody has a, a different definition of success that is important to them. But you will achieve it by building into your strengths and not trying to fix your weaknesses. And I want to close by saying a weakness, I'm not talking about character attributes. I'm not talking about sin patterns. I'm talking about just what God has given you, the talent and the ability to do and perform activities on a consistent, near-perfect basis every single time. I hope this has made sense to you. Uh, I appreciate all your comments and concerns. We're going to go into another segment next week. It'll be actually be part four. Uh, I will I will do more strengths um, more strengths applied uh, because I know that is going to naturally lead you into these. And I'll I'll try to dive into a little bit more of how do you incorporate those in your daily life into your schedule and 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 how do you how do you actually apply that. That will be our next topic on knowing your strengths. As for today, I hope this has been helpful. I hope you've walked away with a few nuggets and gained some insights and understanding into how God made you and how God made those around you for His glory and to point others to the Lord. So you guys make it a great week. Well, that wraps up this episode of Equipped to Be. If you enjoyed this show, please share it with a friend or family member. And hit subscribe so you don't miss a show. And thank you again for joining me. Remember that we are equipped for every season of life.